I want to preach to you tonight for just a few minutes. I'm not going to keep you very long. I'm going to make up for this morning. I'm going to, I'm going to even the scales out just a little bit for you. How many know that we need God in everything that we do? When we try to do things without God, it's not successful. It's not. We need God in everything we do. Without God, we're mere mortals with limitations. And my limitations, I know them uh, better than everyone else knows. And with them limitations, I realize I need a big God. I need God to do things that I have no capability of doing. Amen? Without God, we're just mere mortals with limitations. That's me and you. With God, we can do all things. Amen? We can do all things with God. That doesn't mean that God's going to do everything for us. And we sit idly by and just watch. Okay, God, sick them. No, that's not the way that works. There are a lot of scripture that has plenty of meat on them and stand alone when we read them. Some scriptures we need to be careful to understand what, what's actually saying. And in, in preacher terms, they say context. The context of scriptures. And, and this is just a thought. This is getting me into my sermon. This is not my sermon text. But in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 1, we know Philippians 4, 13. And I said chapter 1, uh, or Philippians 4 and 11 is what I'm going to be reading. But 4, 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? It's an encouraging scripture. We read that, we're like, yes, I can do whatever I want to do because Christ strengthens me. Right? It's a scripture. It stands alone. God's word will stand. But I want you to read this. Verse number 11. We're going to go up a couple verses. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Okay, Paul's telling a story here. He's talking about some. I know how to be in poverty. I know how to have things. I know what it is to be hungry. I know what it is to to have enough. I'm full. Then the scripture comes along. I can do all things. I can accomplish all these things. I can deal with all these things. I can walk through all these things. I can uh, let God carry me through all these things because he strengthens me is the reason I can do all this. So we understand what he's saying. Paul's talking about being abased or bound. He's telling us he has learned to be full and to be hungry or or, or to be hungry and to prosper or to be in need. Then he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I get it. I understand what he's talking about. John Gill's commentary said this. Paul was talking about all these things he could do, not of his own strength. He couldn't do these things without God's help. He couldn't do these things without God's strength. For no man was more conscious of his own weakness than Paul was or knew more of the impotency of human nature and therefore always directed others to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and in the grace that is Christ on which he himself always depended and by which he did what he did as he adds here through Christ who strengthens me. End quote. That's what John Gill said about this scripture. Paul understood his limitations. I I made it simple for you. Paul understood his limitations, and he understood, but he could do all things 
through Christ that strengthened him, and he give examples. Now, we can still take this scripture. This is still not my text. This is just my warm-up. So the warm-up's going to be fast, and the sermon even faster. So there you go. This scripture still means that I, everybody say I with me. I, okay. And, and then Drew, say your name. Okay. Don't say my name. I, I drew, okay, I drew can do things. I drew can do all things through Drew. Wait a minute. That's not right. No, through Jesus Christ because he's the one that strengthens me. Shelly, Carden, Roxanne, Ferris, you can do all things through Christ because he strengthens you. Well, that's good. I, I appreciate God's word today. And I was just thinking about my need. I'm talking about the mulberry tree tonight. <laughs> like, wow, Pastor, that's for, for like way off in left field. What are, what are we talking about? I just see the need when we have a need. Christ helps us with that need. He's there for us. He fights our battles. But not only does he fight our battles, he shows us how to fight. He doesn't want us to be lazy. Both, I never fought my own battles. I always had my dad do it. Here I'd be 55 years old saying, Dad, take care of Bo. Beat him up for me. You have to learn to fight your own battles. But we can do it through Christ that strengthens us, right? Paul recognized where his strength come from. It was through Christ Jesus. Paul knew that without God, he was nothing. He's experienced all these things, but without God, I'm nothing. Paul recognized the need for Jesus to be his strength in every situation that he found himself in. And how many knows Paul found himself in a lot of situations? This dude was, seemed to be bad luck. Gets on a ship, and what happens? It goes down. Oh, but he's saved. He gets to an island, and what happens? He gets bit by a snake. <laughs> I mean, I, you're just reading through that. You think, well, this is just a guy, bad luck Paul. You know, that should have been his name. Bad luck Charlie, whatever. But he understood it was Christ that strengthened him. We need to do the same thing that Paul, that Paul did. He put his strength in Christ. We need to recognize the need for Jesus to be at the forefront of our lives each and every day. It's easy for me to put God on the forefront on Sunday mornings when everybody's in here worshiping the Lord and the presence of God's in here. It's easy for me to live for God and put him on the forefront on Sundays. But Monday's coming. Then Tuesday. First of all, Monday night starts our tournament. I got to deal with umpires right off the bat. Lord, help them. Lord, help them. I hope they're not watching. They don't know how to call a game. They don't know the difference in a ball and a strike. They don't know what out, out and safe means. And I just sit there and keep my mouth shut. Like, Christ has given me strength right now to not walk over there and slap that hat right off your head. Thank you, Jesus. I know I'm just teasing, but we need Christ every day to strengthen us on Monday and Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We need God each and every day. Tonight, I want us to look at 2 Samuel. This is our text. I want to use 2 Samuel for inspiration. Do you remember the story in Samuel, uh, 2 Samuel 5? Anybody, anybody just off the top of your head remember the story that's going on there? I'm going to help you with it in just a minute. If you'll stand with me, we're going to read our text. Out of reverence for God's word. I'm reading out of the King James Version, 2 Samuel 5, verse number 24. And let it be when thou hearest the sound of the growing of the tops 
of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt bestir thyself, for then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. Don't you have somebody you just like the Lord to smite for you? Smite them, Jesus. Smack them down. Just slap them around, Jesus. Smite them for me. That's what he said he's going to do here. I want to preach for just a few minutes with the thought, the sound of the mulberry tree. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask you tonight, Lord, that we're attentive to your word. God, I'm going to speak it quickly. I'm going to give it to them like you give it to me. I'm going to ask you, Lord, to open our eyes and ears to see and to hear what the word says tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, we read this story about David. We know he's just become king, and David and all of his exploits is already well known. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king of Israel, they came to make war with him. How many know every time that something goes your way in life, God has blessed you with something, the devil's making a plan against you. He's going to try to bring you down. He's going to try to make you lose your focus. He's going to try to win the battle, but he can't win. <laughs> Amen? He can't win the battle. David had previously killed their beloved Goliath. Oh, wow. Goliath was their champion. David had beat him up so bad, hit him with a rock, killed him, then took his own sword, cut his head off just to embarrass him, and carried the head back. They're plotting and planning now against David. They're mad at David. They had an agenda to come and see and get even with David. How many know that when we begin to take the enemy's territories, there's going to be a, to, the devil's going to start regrouping himself and say, okay, that plan didn't work against them, and, and, and they defeated me. God, they called on God in this time, but I'm going to regroup. I'm going to come at them at a different angle. He's deceiving. He's sly. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion seeking who may, he may devour. He, he disguises himself, right? <clears throat> How many's taking a nap right now? Just anybody taking a nap right now? Okay, we talked about now. I just wanted to know if you're still awake. I, didn't, I can't see this blurry. You've got to remember these are reading glasses. I see you now good. I put these on. I just see all the images of you. I can't see your faces. So just wanted to check, make sure everybody's still awake and listening. Well, they mounted up and marched over to whip David and destroy his kingdom. But David turned the tables on them and beat the socks off them and sent them running. Stupidly, the enemy cannot come against God's people if we'll stay in God's hands. They mounted up and marched over to whip David and destroy him again. They licked their wounds. They regrouped. They come back for more, thinking they could use some sort of strategy to, to, to defeat David this time. The Philistines camped out in the valley getting ready for an attack. When David heard about it, he immediately went before the Lord and inquired what he's supposed to do. Wow, here's a great example right here. When the enemy begins to attack you, the first thing you need to do is get on your knees and start asking God what to do. I heard Mike Brown talking about his siding business. He'd be putting up siding, and he'd come across some things that he didn't know how to fix exactly. He said, all I'd do, I'd stop and begin to pray, God, 
I don't know how to fix this. Would you show me how to do it? He said it wasn't long until I figured it out. He said it wasn't me figuring it out. It was God placing it in his mind how to do this sighting. The first thing we need to do when the devil starts attacking is go to God. Now, I said get on your knees because that's the the place where I like to pray. But a lot of times I'm just sitting down on the ground. I like to lay down on the ground, lay on my back, roll over on my stomach, pray, talk to God. Well, you don't have to just be on your knees. Sometimes I'm in my car and I'm praying to God and I'm crying. How many know I cried every once in a while? It's bad when you're driving. I'm just going to tell you when you're driving, you begin to cry. That's not, look, look up. You really need angels then. But people's looking at me, you're crazy. I'm going to God. The enemy's attacked. Something's happened. I'm going to God. Wherever I'm at, that's what we need to do. We need to realize this is exactly what David did. He went to God. He wanted to know, God, what should I do? Listen to this. God says, don't go up against him this time. But go around behind them and hide among some of the mulberry trees and wait. I found that very interesting. God could have let David just drive right up through the middle and just blast him and just whip his enemy and be done with it, right? He's capable of that. Amen? David had to listen for the voice of the Lord. The first thing is, he went before the Lord. He asked the Lord. He inquired of God. And then he listened. Wow, what are we listening to? What are we listening to today? We inquire the Lord. Lord, you know we need this. We need that. We need this. We need that. Go on and on and on. And then we go about our day and just keep on moving. And don't stop to listen for the voice of the Lord. Well, pastor, God doesn't talk to us that way. Absolutely, he does. Absolutely, he wants to more than you let him. I found that out in my own life. The older I get, the more God wants to commune with me. He wants to talk with me. And is he talking to me out of an audible voice that's you know, just barreling down from heaven? Drew, do this. No. He's giving me impressions right here on my heart, leading me and guiding me. Drew, don't do that. Drew, don't buy that. Oh, but I really want that. Don't buy that. But God, I just had to push sin, and it'll, it, don't buy that. And, and I bought it anyway. Still hasn't come in either. Remember the hat? I ordered a hat. I knew better. God kept warning me in my spirit, don't order it, don't order it. 25 bucks, gone. It's been five, six months now, gone. It's not coming. I know it's not coming. I'm sorry, God, I disobeyed you. We got to listen for the voice. Here's what David did, though. He listened for the voice, but then he obeyed. The voice of the Lord. If I'd have just obeyed, I'd have 25 bucks. I could take everybody out to eat tonight. But I don't. So Shelly will have to buy mine. We have to listen for the voice of the Lord, but then we have to obey. How many has ever heard the vo- voice of the Lord and he told you to do something? You thought, that's crazy. That, or don't, it doesn't make sense, God. I, I don't understand. I, God, that's just me. That's not really you talk to me. That's just me. That's my conscience. It's, it's not really. How many ever did that? Absolutely. God speaks to us, and then we want to question, was that really God, or was that just my pizza I had last night? That's the way we get. We need to know his voice and understand his voice and listen and be obedient. Be obedient when God tells us to do something. So, so David and his army, he, they slip up behind the the camp of the Philistines, all right? So they were in front. Now they've slipped up behind them, and the Philistines still think David's in front of them. Getting the picture here? I'm trying to paint a little picture. This is is what's going on. 
God said, when you hear the wind blow in the tops of the mulberry trees, it will be time to attack the Philistines. Now, it was a joyful sound to the Israelites when they heard the wind begin to blow through them trees. Every commentary I kept reading on this, they said the sound was not just the wind blowing through the leaves and the trees. The sound they heard was horse hoofs, as if a mighty army was behind the Philistines about to attack. As if David had got somebody to join with him and they're sneaking up behind us. That's what they were hearing. They were hearing an army in the wind in the trees. Everybody getting the picture here? It was a joyful sound, though, to the Israelites. It was the sound of victory. The sound of victory. It was the sound of triumph. David and his men made a surprise attack on the Philistines, and they didn't have a chance, and they were defeated. Why? Because David inquired of the Lord. He listened for the Lord's voice. He obeyed what God told him to do. Man, when we do them steps right there, David still had to go fight after that. But guess what? When he followed all the steps God told him to do, the victory was his. Amen? Thank God for the joyful sound of victory. I'm almost done. You're amen and I'm almost done. Okay, I got you. Shelly, would you come on back? Trinity Faith Tabernacle Assembly of God Church. That's where you're at tonight. If you've tuned in on Facebook, that's what you're watching right now. We need to prepare for battle. Everybody's thinking, man, I just want to be, um, I, you know, Drew, I really had to fight. I, I really just sat back and let's have s'mores. Let's, um, let's have a worship time and then we'll go back and we'll eat ice cream, eat s'more. That sounds good to me. Battle, let's, let's not battle. Let's, let's just have some fellowship. Ice cream socials. Uh, maybe we could have a barbecue sometime. That sounds great. Maybe a picnic in the back, and, and we could play a game of kickball in the grass. And that, that sounds a whole lot better than battling, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Nobody wants just to pick a fight, unless you were me when I was a kid, and just like hitting people. The enemy has surrounded the church of the living God. I'm about to get serious right here. Satan has regrouped his armies and have come to destroy the influence of the church in our nation, in our local communities. If you haven't watched the news, you turn it on for five minutes, you're going to know exactly what I just said is happening in the news. He wants to destroy the influence of the church and the impact that we can have on our society. They want to say the church is... It's old-fashioned. It doesn't mean anything anymore. God, that's not a real God. Every, there's, gods, every, there's gods everywhere, and all gods are the same, right? All, all paths lead to heaven. That's what they want to tell you. And, and the church, we're the problem. We're the problem. It's not anything else. It's, it's the church. They're the problem. I'm going to tell you, it's time for the church to put up our picnic baskets. It's time for us to put up our picnic baskets and prepare for war. Prepare to battle. I'm convinced that we're going to have to battle from now on. I think the easy part's already happened. I do. I think we've floated along, along just as long as we're going to be able to float along. It's time we're going to have to take a stand. We're going to have to have a battle. The world has regrouped and has declared an open attack against the church. 
For hundreds of years, the church has been effective in changing lives and even whole communities and towns. I've heard about revivals to where they would shut the taverns down, shut the beer, uh, beer joints down, simply because the church was having a revival and God's Spirit was moving, convicting hearts until they quit, quit the sinning in the town. But today, every church that has a desire to go forward in promoting holiness, evangelism, and to step out on the promises of God will be attacked by the forces of hell. And it's happening right before our eyes. If Satan can't disrupt the church from outside influences, he'll use those in the church who are willing to be an instrument of disharmony, division, and discouragement. And let me tell you this, if, if you're not walking in the Spirit of God, you're an open vessel for Satan to use to tear down, discourage, and bring confusion into the house of God. The world has come against us. They want us to shut up. They want us to leave them alone. They want us to remain uh, somewhere off in the backwoods, out of sight and out of mind. That's why we have to prepare for battle. The wind of the Holy Spirit is blowing and urging us to go forward and fight the good fight of faith. The mulberry tree is starting to make some noise. The mulberry tree is starting to make some noise. There's a sound. There's a wind being blown. The hoofs of horses, armies being ready. This is God's way of helping us through these battles. I want to go back right here to my text. In verse 23, David inquired of the Lord exactly what you want me to do, Lord. God says, don't attack now, but circle around behind them and come out in front of them, right in front of the mulberry tree. Why the mulberry tree? Because that's where God said to be. Simply obey God. Obey God when he's telling you to do something. I mentioned that today. Why the mulberry tree? Because that's where the sound, that's where the Spirit of God was coming from. Amen. Dake's commentary said, even when David got behind the army of the Philistines, he was not to attack until the very moment he heard the sound of the tops of the mulberry trees. The sound was uh, of a mighty army on the march which struck terror in the Philistines and caused them to be confused and panic-stricken. The Arabic version says the sound was the noise of horses' hooves. Having known all the time that David's army was before them, perhaps they reasoned that some, of their mighty, uh, some other mighty army was appearing suddenly behind them to help David's army. So they fled immediately and were pursued, and David had victory. End quote. When we don't understand, God tells you to do something, trust God. When it doesn't make sense, trust God. When God gives instructions, simply obey. This story could have turned out a whole lot different. David could have been, just barged his way through there and been defeated, but he didn't. He asked the Lord what to do. He listened for God and he heard his voice. And obedience followed. When God gives directions, who are we to question what God's up to? Just obey. Just obey. David could have said, this doesn't make sense. David could have said, I know a better way. But David was obedient. When he didn't know exactly what God was doing, he still did it God's way. If we'll obey God from the beginning, that's what God's wanting us to do. I say it all the time, slow obedience is no obedience, and no obedience is sin. His next word, 
the next word you hear from God will fill in the blanks and you'll understand why you had the first word. He's not going to give you the second step until you follow the first step. That's what he's doing here. When you hear the sound, I need God to do everything in my life. I need God to be there in every battle. Everywhere I'm going to, every decision I make for the church, for my family, every decision I make, I need to hear the voice of the Lord telling me exactly what to do. I need to hear God directing me. And not only that, I need God to be there with me in battle. Now, you can stand with me. When I go in the strength of Jesus Christ, I know that I can do all things. We can defeat all enemies. We can become more than conquerors. Just listen for the sound. We hear the sound, it's time to stand up and pursue. When we hear the sound, we know that God is with us fighting our battles. I asked him to sing this song. I love this song, and I want to I sing our way out of here tonight. And I want you to join in and sing and worship God as we sing it right now.